Welcome to our casting of Get a Sign. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Dan Connor, your command senior enlisted leader, Oregon. This podcast is an effort to provide our Oregon National Guard service members, past and present, along with all citizens of the state, a sign from me and the Adjutant General's office before you step into the metaphoric batter's box. I plan to discuss with you pressing issues that are upon our enlisted service, as well as sharing interviews with some of our great citizen soldiers and airmen to gain insight and share best practices. So turn up your listening device and join me for what I hope is an educational and valuable few minutes. This past year, our Oregon National Guard activated more service members than ever before in support of domestic operations. We also participated in the second largest deployment of service members in our state's history. This, of course, requires a lot of sacrifice, not only by the member, but by family and friends and the sometimes forgotten civilian employers. Today, I want to talk about the support we have that addresses the relationship with civilian employers. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, or ESGR, is a Department of Defense program that was established in 1972 to promote cooperation and understanding between reserve component service members and their civilian employers and to assist in the resolution of conflicts arising from employees' military commitment. ISGR is supported by a network of more than 3,300 volunteers in 54 committees across all 50 states. Today, I have the privilege of introducing the ESGR Oregon State Chairman, Major General Retired Dennis Klein, and Colonel Retired Bob Windus, Area 2 Chairman. Welcome, gentlemen. So let's start off with, can you tell us what ESGR is doing today for soldiers and airmen in Oregon? A good question, Chief. And uh, first off, I think we need to start with what is USERA? And uh, USERA is short for the Uniform Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act, which is, was uh, drafted in 1994. It is a federal statute that protects service member and veteran employment rights. A Uniform Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act protects you the service member, and the basic tenets of USERA are uh, service members must be treated uh, similarly to non-military employees in the workplace. Very important. Uh, Congress's intent was to ensure service members are not penalized by civilian employers because of their military duty. You or any veteran may not be discriminated because of military service. You must be allowed leave to attend drills as well as other military service. For instance, annual training. Your employer must reinstate you when you return from service. And a little later on, we'll talk about what the requirements are based on how long you're gone. You retain seniority and status that you would have attained if you hadn't been serving in the military. You retain all benefits like pay, vacation, health coverage, as well as pension plans. Pensions or retirement plans remain intact as if you had not been serving. Uh, if you were disabled during your active duty deployment, uh, retraining or reasonable accommodation must be provided by your employer. You also may not be terminated because of your service, except for cause. 
you have key responsibilities to be afforded uh, rights under USERRA. You must provide prior notice to your employer that you will be performing military service. Notice may be verbal or in writing. We encourage you to give notice as early as possible in writing. That is your best protection. A written record is valuable if a conflict comes up later. You are employed by a civilian employer. Your extended active duty military service must have been performed under honorable conditions. Cumulative military service does not exceed more than five cumulative years with the employer. There are exceptions to the types of service that apply in this case. For most service members, it is unlikely it applies. After performing your military service, you must timely report to work. The timing is based upon period of service. For one to 30 days of service, you must report back to work on the next scheduled work shift after your travel home and eight hours of rest. 31 to 180 days of service, you must submit an application for reemployment within 14 days after release from the period of active service. 181 days or more of service, you must submit an application for reemployment within 90 days after release from the period of your active service. There are other things that you also need to remember. While you're entitled to use any portion of the time uh, applied up to the maximum time allowed, you should coordinate your date of return with your employer. We can't emphasize enough communicating with your employer and letting them know, you know, what's going on with you. How long is your, your deployment? When will you be back? Though not required, you should submit your application for reemployment in writing. A sample application is available on our website at www.esgr.mil. This is a very important website. It uh, will offer you all the information that you need to, to pick up where you left off once you return from your military duty. Service member employees should be promptly reemployed. Prompt reemployment means as soon as practical under the circumstances of each case, usually within two weeks of the employee's application for reemployment. Yeah, Mr. Klein, that's a ton of information. And I think what's important there is, um, as people probably picked up parts and pieces of that that were important or applicable to them, what's really important is they know where that website is so they can go there and get that that uh, comprehensive list of just basically what you read off there. Can you repeat that, that website one more time for us? It is www.esgr.mil. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Klein. So you explained what is USERRA. Um, obviously, that's a big part, big piece of what we do or what ESGR does for our guardsmen here. Um, can one of you talk about the employer programs and employer awards? I'd be happy to do that. 
ESG offers employer programs such as a boss lift, and that boss lift is typically an event planned by one of the state uh, organizations, and that includes aircraft rides for employers and executives, and so they get a feel of what their soldier employees do during the course of a drill weekend or active duty. Uh, We also provide employer briefings. We also provide uh, unit briefings. Uh, And we have several awards that we also uh, like to uh, present to employers uh, throughout the course of a year. Presentation uh, ceremonies are usually conducted in the local areas with the unit uh, in participation. These programs provide insight into the duties performed by service members in the Guard or Reserve while on duty. So this is an educational process for many of the employers that uh, may not have a lot of uh, military service members and their employee staff. And so this is an opportunity for the soldiers as well as the unit commanders to fully explain to the employers what their soldiers do in the course of their training. We also provide statements of support. This is the cornerstone of ESGR's effort to gain and maintain employer support for the Guard and Reserve. The intent of the program is to increase employer support by encouraging employers to act as advocates for employee participation in the military. Supportive employers are critical to maintaining the strength and readiness of the nation's Guard and Reserve units. And one thing that most people don't realize is that less than one-half of one percent of our nation's citizens serve in the military in some capacity. So it's extremely important that uh, this partnership between the soldier and the employer be maintained long-term. And so we like to educate both the soldiers and the employers on the importance of this partnership. Employers sign a statement of support pledge that we fully recognize, honor, and comply with the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act. We will provide our managers and supervisors with the tools they need to effectively manage employees who serve in the Guard and Reserve. We appreciate the values, leadership, and unique skills service members bring to the workforce and will encourage opportunities to hire Guardsmen, Reservists, and Veterans. We will continually recognize and support our country's service members and their families in peace, in crisis, and in war. So I'd like to reiterate again, this partnership is extremely important. And so an employee who has a soldier that is on active duty, that employer is also in an essence on active duty because that employer and the employees within that firm typically will support that soldier while he or she are deployed and will support the families that are remaining behind. So it is definitely a partnership, a critical partnership for Department of Defense. Uh, Employer awards. Our nation has relied heavily on Guard and Reserve service members since entering continuous operations more than 16 years ago. Employer support enhances retention rates in the armed forces and in the end strengthens our national security. To recognize employers who support the Guard and Reserve, uh, Guard and Reserve employees, ESGR grants a series of Department of Defense awards. And these awards are not just typically done at the local level. They go all the way up to the Department of Defense where they are signed off, signed, and then presented back down to the state organization for presentation to the employers. We have awards like the Patriot Award, which is the first level award, and that recognizes the employer support of that soldier that's on active duty. There's a Spouse Patriot Award, so we recognize the spouse that remains behind so that uh, he or she feels a part of the team. We have a Seven Seals Award, which again recognizes employers, and it's a higher level award. 
and the awards keep going up the pecking order. The next is above and beyond award, and that uh, is a more serious award. Uh, it recognizes a broader breadth of support that the employers provided. As an example, it may recognize the specific supervisor of the soldier. It uh, will recognize the company and also uh, takes into account the company's efforts to support the family while the soldier is deployed. We have the Propatria Award, which again is a higher level award, again, building on that history of support. We have the Extraordinary Employer Support Award, and that is followed by the Secretary of Defense Employer Support Freedom Award, which is the highest award that the Department of Defense presents through the ESGR program. Many of these awards are progressive in nature, with each building upon the previous. For example, an employer must have had at least one supervisor or other representative honored with a Patriot Award and must have signed a statement of support to be eligible for consideration for the above and beyond award. So again, as I mentioned, it's a progression up. So needless to say, these are incredibly important tools, resources to build and maintain relationships with our civilian employers. So part of this is obviously we want to encourage our service members to build those relationships with their employers early, early in their career. And utilizing these tools, these awards and these programs to do that could be very beneficial. So, yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate that. I realize that uh, that we're not a employment agency, the ESGR is not an employment agency, but can I ask what proactive outreach is there to potential employers that informs them of the value of a service member and what that service member might bring to the table? Well, there's a number of things that, that we do, Chief, that uh, highlights service members' uh, value to every employer. In fact, that's part of the mission statement for ESGR is that uh, we want to make sure that all employers, whether they're private, public, that they honor the service and respect the service of the service members that that are their employers. A lot of the things we do in the past, now we currently are under the uh, coronavirus restrictions, which says that uh, we can't uh, do any face-to-face presentations or put on any type of events. Now, we hope that that'll be uh, over before long, and uh, then we can get back into a lot of the events that we used to do, like boss lifts. Uh, we've had an annual boss lift out at the out at Pang for years, where we bring em- employers in, and uh, we take them for a ride on a tanker. And they get to get up in that tanker, and, and uh, then fighters come in to be refueled, and... Uh, as they return, there's nothing but big smiles on all their faces for having observed that. Uh, we've also uh, take employers uh, to various training sites, uh, Gowan Field in Idaho, the third uh, of the 116th cab over there, uh, normally has at least one event a year where we go around with, with uh, helicopters and pick up uh, employers at various locations uh, where their battalion has units and take them over to Gallon Field, and they get to, to watch, uh, you know, weapons qualification uh, on all their armored vehicles. In a lot of cases, uh, in years past, that's been an overnight event, and uh, they get to, to stay there in the in the barracks there at uh, Gowan Field and experience the, the same type of food that the soldier does. So it's a great event. 
you may have a, a unit uh, at a particular armory that wants to have a breakfast with the boss, in which case we would ask them to nominate the employers uh, that from uh, members of the unit, and we would invite them into the facility and uh, have a, a breakfast meeting with them. And we can do this with lunches as well. And what we do then is provide them with briefings and and uh, tell them about what the soldiers or airmen uh, do in that particular unit, as well ex- as explain to them ESGR. Yeah, I hope people can see that that how you know visualize how what the the value that that might bring to that relationship that you would have with your employer if you if you had your boss come in and and get to meet your commander and have breakfast with the commander and talk about what the mission is and and what part that you as the soldier or the airman play in that mission. And so that boss, that civilian employer understands what your role is. I've had the privilege of being participating in the boss lifts at the the Portland International Guard Base. And it has always been a well-received event, a very large event. And I've never seen an employer walk out of there without a smile on their face and a new understanding of what the roles and responsibilities are of the the airmen that serve out at Pang. I was going to ask Mr. Windus, how does someone... Um, on a drill status, an M-Day soldier or a DSG, how, how do they get a hold of an ESGR representative? Typically, we have in all of our uh, armed forces facilities, uh, we have a team, an area chair. And, of course, we plaster the building with information, uh, brochures, cards, contact cards, business cards. And so the soldier always knows where they can reach out to an ESGR volunteer. We also express uh, that information to all the leadership, the NCOs and the commanders, that uh, we are easily reachable, and uh, we post on bulletin boards typically a photograph uh, of the SGR volunteer in their business card. Uh, typically, uh, during the course of a drill weekend, uh, the areas will have a team or a person at the drill facility where they are reachable you know, for the entire day of the drill or the entire weekend. And that's what we typically do here at the 41st day of FRC. We'll have a team of eight people, and we have the office staff during the course of the drill weekend. So we are reachable. We are approachable. Uh, we get phone calls at home. We get emails at home from soldiers that have questions about ESGR program. Uh, we get questions about uh, job issues uh, that uh, if they uh, turn into a case, then we refer those to our ombudsman who then uh, works the legal aspects of that particular complaint about employment. So it's again, it's it's one big team, and um, we are all volunteers. Uh, as an example, the area team that I've got, I've got eight people on there, and if I add up all the years of military experience for the eight members, we exceed 180 years of experience in the military total. And so we've seen it all, we've heard it all, we know the resources that exist in the system to help the soldiers. Uh, we had one soldier that came in uh, was not yet a naturalized citizen. Um, his uh, wife and family were returned uh, to Mexico, and he was distraught about uh, his ability to perform his duty. And so we connected that soldier with the appropriate uh, U.S. representative, and uh, all of a sudden that soldier was able to attain his citizenship and also get his family returned back across the border. So while we... Focus on ESGR activities. There are so many other things that come down the pike. Again, we're a resource with 180 years of experience. We know the resources out there in this uh, community, and so we can direct these soldiers to other places for help. Even questions about education and training. Uh, 
An example, we've had a number of soldiers over the years, we talk about retention, that will come in and see us old guys sitting there. And they will say, you know, I've got 10, 12 years in, I'm thinking about just bailing out of this system. And that's when we sit them down and we have a little uh, educational session and we talk about the benefits of re- staying in the service. And so I think uh, that we, uh, even though it's not in our lane exactly, we help on retention and recruiting. Um, I know for myself and others on my team, we've also helped recruiters by bringing young kids in here that we think would make good soldiers and direct them to the right resource. And so we we do a lot of different things. Uh, so that's uh, part of the joy about being a volunteer is that we're able to, excuse me, mentor and guide uh, our service members. And that's why I've been with the program now for 14 years, I think now. And uh, it's just, it's enjoyable. You feel a sense of accomplishment. And with the employers, we like to educate the employers. And one of the things that we impart on employers is, and I've gotten this from feedback from employers, when we start talking about their workforce, employers are not always necessarily happy with their recruits. The light has finally come on that they can hire a veteran or a currently serving guard or reserve member, and they will get the skills right there in that one package. Uh, A kid hired out of high school or out of college that has no leadership training, no time management skills, no can-do attitude. Employers are now finding that we can hire a service member that brings that whole skill set to the company, and we don't have to waste time training that particular employee on those skills. We can focus on the company SOPs uh, and those kinds of things that we can get that soldier working right away on the job and not worry about leadership, time management, and those other skills that a soldier typically brings to the employer. So um, I've seen a big change over the last 14 years on the part of employers. Oh, that's good to hear. And so we, uh, that's our outreach, and it's continuous. We're always talking about ESGR and and the, the need for national defense and how a soldier is not just an employee, they're also a member of the Department of Defense, and uh, the employer is a part of that team. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I, I think we could probably talk all day about the value of a service member versus just a, a kid out of high school, a kid out of college. Um, I've I've stood on a soapbox before and, and spoken those words, and uh, I think that that's, like I said, a discussion we could talk all day about and argue that our service members are definitely the better bang for the buck, for sure. Before I get to the very last question, I want to make sure that I've hit everything that we want to talk about today. Um, Mr. Klein, is there anything else you need to share or we think we should share? Well, I, I would like to emphasize that uh, what happens uh, once a service member puts their employer in for an award? You know, it doesn't just go into a blank space somewhere. It, uh, we get the, the award at our headquarters in Salem. And what we like to do is to to contact the service member that submitted their employer for the award and let them know that the award is in. And then we talk about how do we want it presented. Now, currently, because of the coronavirus, we can't present it in person, but the service member can. And we'd like to, with uh, their agreement, we can contact the employer and also uh, let them know that the award's coming and and uh, your employee would like to present that award to us. And we explain that, you know, we're sorry, but we just can't be available until after we're, we're cleared through the coronavirus. Um, but it's 
all of these events, when we present awards, the employers are extremely grateful. It amazes me the, the amount of gratitude that pours out from these employers. They're so grateful that they're being recognized by their employee. And it's uh, it's really heartwarming. It's It's something that we as volunteers miss doing. And we can't wait to get back to doing that in person. So it's, and we also have uh, an annual awards and planning uh, event, usually held in the spring. But of course, this year it's not going to be. But we have one night where we specifically uh, bring in employers along with the service members that nominated them for an award and present these awards. And it's uh, we turn it into a really big deal and uh, everyone enjoys it. Yeah, I think it really should be a big deal. On the other side of that coin, I think that our employers out there really appreciate the education that they gain when they go to these units and they get to see or, or hear about really what their employee, um, what how what the value that that employee um, adds to the military, adds to our Department of Defense. And it, it, it adds a certain level of pride to that employer who says, look, my employee is is also a member of the Department of Defense, and this is the cog that they play. This is the part that they play, and how important it is. I think that's that's also very valuable. Yeah, uh, Mr. Wendis. Before we end, you have anything else you need to share? Just one thing, and it's an expression called uh, "twice the citizen." So that is your typical service member. They're a member. They're a citizen in the community, and they're a service member. Uh, so it's uh, it's an important relationship uh, to keep in mind that. Uh, you're not just Uncle Sam's, but you're the employers. Uh, so that's why I keep talking about partnership when I talk to soldiers and employers that uh, you guys work together and and make this work, and they, they do. And as uh, as the general uh, mentioned, employers, when they get presented an award like this, uh, they are extremely pleased and appreciative of the fact that they have been recognized by the soldier for the help that they've provided that soldier, but also by the Department of Defense that they're being recognized for their contributions to the national defense. And that uh, I think that goes a long way to uh, continue the support that we are now seeing from our communities. Yeah, I like twice the citizen. I'll probably use that line. So uh, before we, we wrap it up here, I'll, I'll ask this last question. How can someone become a volunteer? Do we need volunteers in the SGR? We're always looking for volunteers. Yet, uh, currently, we have a little over, I think, uh, last count was 83 volunteers. And uh, that's statewide. And we have eight areas and area, area chiefs out there that uh, take care of their areas. So we are all over the state of Oregon. But there is always a need for more volunteers. Uh, we don't have a set number of hours that a volunteer has to put in every year. But we have some volunteers that, you know, they, if uh, they may only be able to contribute, uh, you know, five or six hours a year, that's fine. Uh, so we're always looking for those volunteers that, you know, that can provide more. Uh, all they need to do is to either contact one of their local ESGR reps or give us a call and we can get them set up. They need to to call in and talk with Cecil. Cecil is, is the man that takes care of getting them signed up as a volunteer and we get them assigned as a, into an area. 
and get them hooked up with uh, their area chair. Uh, what type of personality do you want to see in your volunteers? Well, typically uh, a personality that's uh, outgoing, uh, people that, uh, people, people, <laughs> a people person, people person. Yeah. And it's, uh, not everyone is a retired military or has served in the military. We have a handful that, uh, have not served. They just want to do something to assist and be patriotic. And so military service isn't a requirement. You mentioned Cecil, Cecil Owens. Who's Cecil Owens and how do we get a hold of him? Okay, Cecil Owens, he is our volunteer support technician. He is a full-time contract employee to ESGR. And he can be reached at 503-584-3442 or through our ESGR website. Great. Uh, General Klein mentioned uh, we like volunteers. Uh, we get a lot of retired service members or ex-military that volunteer. And we've had a number of private business owners or employees, executives that have volunteered. Uh, that brings a new perspective to the team when we have a strictly a business person on the team. And they are better able sometimes to understand some employee issues that uh, we need to be uh, familiar with. Uh, a lot of times, or I shouldn't say a lot of times, but sometimes the misunderstanding might be on the soldier's part and not the employer's part. And so having a, an employer on the team, uh, we get the better perspective. Uh, an example, I've got uh, two uh, civilians on my team that have never served. However, the National Guard has stolen one of them, and uh, that young person has decided to join the National Guard, is now gone through basic training, and is about to start OCS. So we have somebody that's got the ESGR training now in the tent with the National Guard. So that's going to be helpful for us. But uh, we like we take all comers that are willing to volunteer and provide some uh, of their expertise in the employment area or the military side. That's great news. And we also provide training to the new volunteers. It's, we don't just throw them out into the public to uh, sure. try and talk about ESGR. Sure. That's good. So I think the bottom line is today, as I wrap this up, is that uh, it's important that service members understand what's uh, the key to success will be to build that relationship with your employer early on, as early as you possibly can. And ESGR is, is a tool, is a, a group of, of volunteers that are equipped to help you build and maintain that relationship with your employer. And I would add the key to that is communication continuous communication with your supervisor and your employer. Always keep them in the loop on what's happening. And that will solve a lot of issues and questions that may come up about an extended period of active duty. All right. With that, I'd like to close the book on this episode of Get a Sign. Thank you. In closing, I'd like to thank the Oregon National Guard Public Affairs Office and Sergeant First Class Holden for producing this podcast. Never forget, every soldier, every airman, a leader. This is Chief Connor signing off. Hey.